Hi, welcome to MCU Complete Me, the podcast where we talk about all the Marvel movies. My name is Crystal, and with me is Luke. Hi, I'm here. I feel like when you give the title, you, you gotta put some more emotion into it. You gotta say it like Jerry Maguire says it. MCU Complete Me. There you go. There you go. Now you got it. You had me at MCU. <laughs> Luke, I just have <laughs> M- one very MCU important MCU had me at you. hello. <laughs> yeah, what? What's up? Oh, not a whole lot. I watched The Incredible Hulk 2008. Oh, that's a funny coincidence, because that's the second movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Wait, seriously? Yes. Oh, I just watched it for kicks. Well, I mean, I did tell you to watch it, so we could record this podcast about it. I forgot, but, uh, you know, it all worked out in the end, so, you know. Luke, tell me a little bit about your relationship with this film. Okay, um, I saw this movie in theaters... And I think I must have seen it with somebody, but I cannot remember who. Um, and uh, I, I watched it. It was like, oh, neat. There's Tony Stark at the end. You know, this is an all right movie. Kind of like the Hulk. He's neat. And then I just kind of never thought about it again until recently when we had to do this. Yeah, this is the forgotten MCU film. Kind of, yeah. It's just, it's it's kind of very forgettable. Uh, y- um. Yeah. We'll get we'll get into it more as we go, but yeah, it's just I feel like it did not uh you know, Iron Man was like a huge surprise hit. Right. And this feels like a pretty disappointing follow up, at least in terms of like cultural impact and I actually don't know how well this movie did financially. It, it is the only one that did not make its money back. Okay. Yeah. I Which remember just like... seeing all the commercials for this movie and every single one of them had Tony Stark in it. He's in the movie for, what, a minute, would you say? Oh, less than that, I'd say. But they really yeah. played up his appearance. Man, that's ridiculous. <laughs> he has, I think, three lines. <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't see this movie in theaters. Uh, I remember the first time I saw it, I only saw ten minutes of it, and then I fell asleep. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I was very tired that day. I don't think it's the movie's fault. Yeah. And then I saw it for real the first time, I believe... On the FX channel years later. Okay, sure, sure. And I remember thinking that it was okay, uh-huh. but like you said, not not particularly memorable. It felt like yeah. they didn't really have a take on the Hulk. They just needed to make a Hulk yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, well, but rewatching so, it now, I actually liked hmm. it a little bit more. I think they do have a take yeah. on the Hulk. Okay. Um. I will say, in preparing for this, I also watched another movie that I had never seen before, which is Ang Lee's Hulk. Oh, the 2003 I felt like, Hulk. I felt like that would be worthwhile to to look at as a point of comparison to this movie. Yeah, it's kind of hard to talk about this movie without comparing it to the better one. Yeah, man. Hulk is a weird movie. It is a weird movie. Yeah. And, like, ultimately, I don't, I don't think it's good, but boy, is it ambitious, and I respect it, you know? Like, it is clearly trying to do something, and that is, that's commendable. You mentioned that it has some cinematographical parallels to Speed Racer. Kind of, yeah, in just the sense, like, the weird transitions, and it it has an energy to it, early on at least. It kind of sort of tapers off midway through, and that's kind of when the movie starts getting boring, but it has all these crazy, like, we're zooming way in on this thing to transition into a shot about it, and then zooming way into this frog's eyeball, and then way into this bloodstream where the next scene is hiding. And then, like, it does a bunch of weird split-screen stuff to make the frame look like the page of a comic book that is a cool idea, but then also it's, like, three different angles on the same scene, and it's like, well, why? this is not useful. 
Yeah, Hulk is a movie that really leans into two things. One is that this is a comic book movie that's based on a comic book, and we're going to lean into that. Right, right. And two, that the Hulk is a manifestation of Bruce Banner's deep-seated psychological trauma. Yeah, well, and I wanted to ask you this before we got too into this movie. A lot of Marvel superheroes have a pretty clear basic like moral thesis to them and a lot of them are just kind of variations on the spider-man you know great power great responsibility thing what would you say the incredible hulk is like about uh well going back to like the original original comics there were kind of two mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. one is that like the hulk is bruce banner's repressed anger all coming out at once right and two that the hulk is not actually bad but the military hunts him anyway so maybe the military is not great right yeah yeah there's definitely a big element of that i feel like you know how kind of the the kind of fun take not not, like the the, the take people have fun having on batman is that you know especially if you do batman poorly he's kind of a very fascist character he's just a rich white dude that beats up poor people yeah and like that that's definitely you know, that is a pitfall you can fall into with Batman, and you have to be careful to avoid that if you're writing him. I feel like with Hulk, there's a very big pitfall you can fall into that he becomes a metaphor for how men are barely contained rage machines, and especially if it's a story that has, you know, Betty Ross in it a lot, that they need women to calm them down and be their emotional center. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, that certainly is an aspect of this film. Yeah, that's definitely a big part of this movie that uh, may be kind of like, ugh. I feel like if you're doing Hulk correctly, my feeling is the idea is that everybody has negative tendencies and flaws, but you can manage them and direct them towards constructive purposes, I guess. Yeah. Because that's kind of what he does when he's in control of the Hulk in any story about it, is that, you know, I'm still this rage monster, but I'm going to be a rage monster at the right things, you know? That's kind of what he does in this movie, too. That's that's kind of the the ending of this movie, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that that was the main thing I had with this movie. Where I'm like, ugh, this is this is a lot of men need women to manage their emotions for them. Mm-hmm. Um, the the other big thing I had going through this movie is I feel like so Angley's Hulk bombed hard, yeah. And this movie, in a lot of ways, like directly, you can look it up. They were very specifically trying to make it not like Ang Lee's Hulk, which in some ways kind of means that they're trying very hard to not give it an extremely unique, expressive voice. Um, But the other element, too, is that they're really working hard to invoke the old 70s Hulk TV show. Yeah. Which, have you ever watched that show? I've never actually seen an episode of that show. I haven't either. I kind of have a sense of what it was about. And I think it was a lot like this movie where it's just the Hulk is a drifter who like want like, you know, Bruce Banner just wanders into a town and there's a problem and he wants to help. But he's scared that the Hulk is going to screw it up. And then he hulks out and like resolves one issue, but then like destroys things in a way that he can't stay there and has to keep moving. And also the government is chasing him as like a confounding element to that. And that's that's kind of what this movie is. Yeah, this movie actually has kind of a lot of references to older portrayals of the Hulk, which we'll get yeah, into as we yeah. get into it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it definitely feels like this could have been basically a standalone modern retelling of the TV show. 
Yeah, and I feel like this is so early in the the MCU thing that I think they were probably hedging their bets a bit and saying, you know, hey, if Iron Man doesn't take off like we want it to, we got this Hulk project, but we can just say, oh, no, it's like a movie based on the TV show. Yeah, they were actually expecting this one to do better because nobody knew who Iron Man was, but... That makes sense, yeah. Hulk is one of the more popular Marvel characters. Yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll say, too, the big thing I had coming away from this, I have some critiques here, but... I didn't. I don't think I like this movie as much as Iron Man, but I have a harder time pinning down what I don't like about it. Yeah, I think this movie is actually not too far in quality from Iron Man. No, not too far. Yeah, it's it's mostly pretty competently done. Like it's not it's not a bad script. I think it's shot pretty well. I think there are a couple scenes where like, oh, this actually looks really good. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think the big problem is that it lacks any kind of charm. And, like, Iron Man, I think, sometimes lays the charm on a little too thick, but it's, like, not... This is a very dour movie. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think Ed, I think Ed Norton does a good job in his take on Bruce Banner, but yeah, he's not so. the... The entertainment value is not as high as watching RDJ's Tony Stark. Right, yeah. He's a very, like, tortured person in this movie in a way that, like, this is maybe an interesting character, but there's no... There's not a lot of levity in this movie. And, and when they do little... try to make jokes, it's usually not good. They almost literally just stare at the camera and wink. <laughs> uh, I think the, uh, what's his name? The character actor who plays Samuel Stearns did a pretty good job. He, he does okay. He's like, yeah. a, he's like a good eccentric professor. Uh-huh. I guess that's a, a bit of levity. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, I don't know, do you, do you want to just jump on in here? Yeah, let's jump on in to The Incredible okay, Hulk yeah. 2008. So the movie uh, opens yeah. with an interesting thing that isn't in any other Marvel movie. They're going to speed uh, past the origin story. Yeah, yeah. They kind of, they clearly know that people, that, you know, the, the Incredible Hulk's origin story is something that has melted into the, like the public consciousness in a way that they decide we don't need to make a whole movie about that. We're going to make a credit sequence that runs through it real fast and then move on to a different story about the Hulk. This is a good this is a good opening credit sequence. I like it. It's a really good opening credit sequence. Yeah. How do you feel about origin stories in superhero movies? Uh you know, if it's a good story, you should tell it. Yeah. But you shouldn't feel compelled to tell it. I think they probably yeah, could have skipped Doctor Strange's origin story. Sure. Yeah, I I think I I basically agree with what you're saying. It's become kind of a thing to not want to see origin stories anymore just because that's what a superhero movie is about 90% of the time. I feel like the reason they make good movies, though, is that that tends to be the moment that the character has, like, the strongest arc, because it's them becoming, like, entering a new phase of their life and sort of becoming a new person, you know? Right. So I think it it fits well with a, like, movie-length story. And sometimes if you're blowing past that, it just kind of, you've got nowhere to go but just sort of spin your wheels for two hours. I think in my experience with the MCU, I, d- I tend to think generally the first movie is the weakest of the series, mm-hmm. and once it kind of moves past the all the establishing part into the second yeah. movie where all the characters know each other and are interacting more freely, I guess, I tend to like that yeah. more. Yeah, there, there's definitely something to be said, too, for just having the established world and just being able to tell a story in it instead of having to devote a ton of time towards setting things up. Um, but yeah, this opening credit sequence goes on for a decent while, and I almost get the sense that they're not literally saying this, but 
you could sort of take this credit sequence as saying that the 70s TV show occurred during this credit sequence, you know? Yeah, I guess you could say that. Like, it's it's this whole, like, little mini arc of him on the run from town to town while the, you know, General Thunderbolt Ross is chasing him. And, you know, maybe not literally the TV show, but, like, an arc similar to that, you know? Yeah, uh, at the time, this movie was framed as being a pseudo-sequel to Hulk, which it isn't at all. No, not, not even But slightly. because the MCU was not as much of an established thing, people didn't frame it, frame this movie as part of that. Right, yeah, um, because the uh, Hulk sort of completely changes Bruce Banner's origin story. Yeah, kind of. You have, like, David Banner as his dad, who's doing experiments on starfishes to make people have regenerative powers, and then he, like, injects himself with some stuff, and, like, then he has a kid, which has all the regeneration powers, and then he gets sort of triggered by the gamma rays, and that turns him into the Hulk. And then the dad gets it too, but he can like fuse with shit. That's a right, weird movie. Right, he becomes movie. the Absorbing Man. Is that a villain in in Marvel shit? Yeah, he's Carl Creel. Okay. He was a boxer. He fought okay. Daredevil's dad. Oh, and then he showed okay, up in Agents yeah. of Shield. I gotcha. I gotcha. I will also say I got bored and turned Ang Lee's Hulk off when it got to like the climax. I'm like, I I don't care. The Hulk's covered in foam. I've I've this movie got boring. Okay. <laughs> um. So yeah, but, there's a, yeah, yeah, so th- let's actually say the origin story in case you don't know the origin story of the Hulk. Oh, sure, yeah. Bruce Banner was working on gamma radiation research, mm-hmm. and he did some kind of experiment on himself where he shot himself with gamma rays, and it turned right, him into it's the not, Hulk. As far as I know, I'm sure at some point comics have gotten into this, I've never been totally clear on what the intended effect of the experiment was. was well, in the original comics... He was testing a gamma bomb, and okay. a teenager, Rick Jones, uh-huh. uh, snuck into the testing site on a dare, oh, and I then see. Bruce Banner ran in and saved him, but then he got hit by the gamma radiation. I see. I in see. this movie, there he is under the belief that he is trying to create, he's trying to make people resistant to radiation. Right, they do say that later, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, Um. when really they are, well, we'll get into what they're really doing. <laughs> Yeah, there's the a good first-person shot uh, from the Hulk's perspective. Yeah, and you kind of get just rapid, like, cuts. I, I guess the, the implication is this is sort of what he remembers from that time. Yeah. Uh, it's They do say the time frame later in the movie. He originally, this experiment was five years ago, and he's been on run, on the run the whole time. Yeah. Uh, so it cuts yeah, to you Bruce see Banner. He... He's living in, it's it's Sao Paulo, right? In Brazil? Uh, I think so. That sounds right. Um. Yeah, he is, like, meditating in a basement. Uh, we get a little... There's sort of a running thing in this movie where it will do a little Chiron that shows you how many days it's been since he's turned into the Hulk. Yes. Uh, and right now it's been 158 days. And uh, he's, like, meditating with a metronome? Oh. Uh, this says it's in Rocinha Favela in Brazil. Rocinha Favela is Which... in Rio. Okay. Okay, so he's in Rio. Yeah. It's it's the place in Fast and Furious 5 and probably a bunch of other movies because it has a very distinct look. It's the Brazil city. Yeah, exactly. Bruce Banner has a dog. Which I think yeah, he's got cute. a dog. It's a good dog. The novelization identifies this dog as Ricky. Okay, is that a, is that anything? No, but we're going to keep coming back to that because there's actually kind of a lot of scenes in this movie that are given greater context by both deleted scenes and the novelization. 
I'm glad you've read the novelization for this. Oh, I have not. I've just read the Wikipedia oh, okay. summary. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the editing of this movie is a bit strange. They kind of cut out a lot of important scenes. Huh. Yeah, I wonder if there was like a longer cut at some point that maybe had more of that info on it. Yeah. Um, I know. Have you ever uh, looked into the Back to the Future novelization at all? Oh, I have not. Okay, so that is the novelization of that is based on an earlier draft of the script because they sent it off to the like author before they finished like rewriting it for the movie. So you get all these weird subplots that aren't part of the movie at all. Like there used to be this whole running theme of like nuclear power and like nuclear bombs and stuff, and the only leftover remnant of that is the uranium they have to get from the what is it the Libyan terrorists. Yes. Um, but it, it was like the opening shot of that movie was supposed to be an atomic bomb going off and like destroying a suburb. And then it zooms out of that to show that Marty McFly is watching TV. Okay. And it, it had to be something. I think originally he had to like get the DeLorean to a nuclear test site to like hijack uranium from there. Uh, okay. It was a much different movie. <laughs> Um, but uh, anyway, Bruce uh, Banner Bruce, trains Bruce with a guy who is a real guy. I forget his name, but he's like a, a somewhat famous martial artist. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's got a little cameo here where, yeah, he, the idea is that he is uh, training, taking martial arts to sort of control his anger. Right. Because one of my least favorite things about this movie is that Bruce Banner uh, turns into the Hulk when his heart rate reaches 200 beats per minute. Uh, now, what is, why is that your least favorite part of this movie? Because I I don't like treating the Hulk as just being a weird heart condition. Okay. Like, okay. I prefer it actually being tied to his emotions. Yeah, And not just okay, when his can... heart, reach, heart rate reaches a magic number. I, I can sort of see that argument. I like the heart rate conceit in that I like that they can have random cuts to the heart monitor that he wears on his wrist to give, like, tension of, like, uh-oh, he's almost there. He's almost there. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, like, in keeping with the comparison with Hulk 2003, whereas mm. that movie leaned in hard into Bruce Banner's psychological problems, Yeah, this movie just kind of treats the Hulk like a disease. It does, and they do look at, like, Bruce Banner's psyche in this movie, but they don't do much with it. Like, he is a very tortured man with, like, PTSD. He gets random flashes of, like, fights he gets in as the Hulk that make him, like, collapse. But, yeah, they don't really explore that on, like, a character arc level. Yeah. Um, we also get a scene of him watching uh, Sesame Portuguese Street. Sesame Street with a, like, in English to Portuguese dictionary to learn Portuguese. We do see the martial arts instructor do a very cool thing with his diaphragm and his stomach. Yeah, he almost, like, it, it almost looks like he's, like, belly dancing with how, like, much he is breathing in through his diaphragm. It's it is amazing. Wild. It's wild. I yeah, love it's, it. It's cool. He slaps um, Bruce Banner while he's breathing so he can learn to, to keep yeah. his heart rate down while he's under pressure. Yeah, yeah. They just It's this great scene of Bruce Banner just sitting there while this man just slaps him in the face over and over. It's just a good scene all around. It's a really good scene. Uh, so Bruce Banner goes to work at a soda bottling factory. Mm-hmm. Uh, something broke with the, the switch or whatever. Yeah, he goes up there and, and fixes it. Because he's a smart the, man. Yeah, the, the factory like manager or whatever is like, why are you working on an assembly line? You are clearly a very intelligent person. What's what's your deal? And he mentions that he is he's paying Bruce under the table. He's not on the on the books. Yeah, yeah. 
And he kind of offers to get him a real job and, like, a higher-level position. And Bruce just sort of explains that he... I don't, I don't remember exactly how much he says, but basically he doesn't want anyone to know he's here. Yeah, so he cuts himself on the switch thing, and a drop of blood dramatically goes all the way down into a soda bottle. Yes. And Bruce Banner freaks out because he has super AIDS. Right. And he's, you know, he's worried that a drop of blood might get in the soda and someone might drink it and die. Right, so he he freaks out, he stops production on the entire assembly line to go, and then he just kind of gingerly wipes up the drop off of the conveyor belt. And then then two feet away from that (laughs) is a bottle that very clearly has a very visible streak of blood on it. There is no world in which he does not notice that. (laughs) Or like... Someone else would probably notice it too, right? Right, yeah. I should hope they say something. Even even ignoring the fact that he's got Hulk disease, if you see a big streak of blood inside a bottle, that seems like you just grab that bottle off the line, maybe. Yeah, like, I don't think he's wrong to stop the assembly. They should not sell soda with blood in it. No, absolutely. Uh, so, there's a part where some, some rough-and-tumble guys are harassing a pretty girl. Yes. And Bruce Banner walks by and is like, hey, pretty girl, do you want to go get food with me? Right. And the impression I get is that that's more to give her an excuse to get out of this situation. Right. I mean, yes, that is what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, But this whole dynamic's kind of weird. It really is. Like Bruce Banner, the super genius white man. Yeah. Teaching these rough brown people what's for. Kind of. Yeah, there's a little bit of that. Uh, yeah, because they immediately start kind of, uh, picking on him like school bullies. And we get a very funny reference to the TV show where he, uh, in Portuguese, tries to say, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry, but he messes up and says, you wouldn't like me when I'm hungry. Do you, do you get it? Yeah, it's like the line, but different. <laughs> that's a good joke, Luke. That's fine. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, absolutely. It's just, it, it. It's a fine joke. Something about it stands out to me. To the, It feels too... I don't know. Like, they're putting too much of a spotlight on it in a way that I'm like, yeah, I, I get it. I get it, guys. Right. He does joke. try to say it again, which may be a little bit too much. Yeah, they, like they, they just kind of... Yeah, they, they overdo it a little bit. Um, but uh, I'm scrubbing through here. Oh, right. He goes to some back alley where he meets a guy that's got a package for him. Yeah. I mean, he's the delivery man. Yeah. I don't know, yeah, but he, he goes back to his apartment where he has kind of a uh, sort of MacGyvered up laboratory set up, and we find out that the package I mean, was some flowers. He just he just bought a microscope. It's like well, it's yeah, MacGyvered. Like, well, no, I'm talking more about the like centrifuge he has made out of bike parts. Okay, sure. Which I like. Like that's a cool touch. Yeah. I'm, so I'm he gets out his special thing. laptop and he begins yes. communication with the mysterious Mister Blue. Mister Blue. Now, I had not remembered this movie. I thought the kicker was that Mr. Blue was going to be, like, Coulson. And that this was going to be how it tied into, like, the the overarching narrative. No, S.H.I.E.L.D. isn't in this movie. Only their logo is. Right, yeah, yeah. So, Mr. Blue and Bruce, Mr. Green, have kind of been talking for a while. They're trying to find a cure for the Hulk, and they've been trying all sorts of flowers to synthesize uh, an antidote. yeah. Uh, this is, there's a lot of good goops in this movie. Like, as he's mixing together this new, like, formula, it's just very bright green, like, Nickelodeon gack. I like it. Yeah. So he tries to put the flower juice 
on the blood sample and he looks in the microscope and the blood yes. has a bunch of green mold on it. The the blood sample hulks out. Yeah. <laughs> which I love. <laughs> I mean it, I love the idea that his blood cells turn giant and green. <laughs> that is really good actually. <laughs> it's really dumb and I approve. I mean that's how else would it work? I guess, yeah. <laughs> Like, you see the, like, glass of the slide shatter as the blood right. cells grow. <laughs> uh, but he tells Mr. Blue, he, he tells Mr. Blue that he failed, and uh, Mr. Blue says they he can't help him unless they meet or if he gets a blood sample. So he sends him some blood through the mail. Yeah, and there's not going to be any consequences to that at all. So we cut back to the Pentagon. Yes. Where General Thunderbolt Ross has received a Great report name. that Stanley died when he drank the contaminated soda. We get a cut to Stanley in his apartment, drinking the very soda that Ed Norton bled into, and just immediately dropping dead. Well, he doesn't immediately drop dead. He says, like, wow. Or he's like, oh, it's got more of a kick to it than normal, or something like that. No, that's what the lady says. Guess it had more of a kick than he expected. But Stanley gives a very good delivery on the, wow. Yeah, yeah. And then drops dead. It's the best Stanley cameo in any of these movies. Also, in General Ross's office, there's just a big statue of a pug. Yeah, you know, he likes pugs. I mean, who doesn't? Don't you? Yeah. It's just a fun little detail. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... But, yeah, so they, they track where the soda was bottled, and they're like, ah, oh, we got him. Then it cuts to a scene of Emil Blonsky arriving mm-hmm. to meet General Ross. He's He's the best of the best. His other general yes. friend got him on loan from Great Britain. He's going to help him take down the Hulk. Yeah. Now, what you might not know if you haven't watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is that uh-huh. General Ross's friend here is actually an alien. Oh. Oh, my. Yeah, he's he is a member of the Remarath Marauders, who okay. are a subset of the Confederacy. Oh, okay. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Played by the same actor. I like to think they're the same guy. Oh, okay. They're not. It's not supposed to be the same character necessarily. No, but okay. I like to think so. <laughs> yeah, why not? As long as yeah, if, if it fits, go for it. So they talk about how Emil Blonsky's a super badass. He's the coolest soldier ever. He's he's a big boss. Yeah, basically. So, um, go ahead. Yeah, they track Banner to his house. Yeah. Um, he has like got a fake sleepy boy fakes oh boy i'm tired oh no no no. there's a scene before this i remember because it's the meme scene oh okay go ahead where uh bruce banner's talking to mr blue and mr blue's like hey i've analyzed the blood but i i'm not really sure where to start when it comes to synthesizing an antidote i need more data Mm -hmm. could you send me some he says he can't because the data's not here it's back home yes and then he closes the laptop which is a meme it's a meme gif Oh, him slamming. He like the looks disappointed yet. and closes the laptop. Yeah. You okay. see how that could get some use. Right, yeah. And then the army men invade his house. And shoot his dog. Yeah. They shoot his dog with a trank dart. It's bad. So it's he still whines. And there's a shot oh, of him. Oh no, no, I, I agree with you. It's bad. I don't like it. Oh. And he didn't even have uh, to shoot the dog. No. He shot him because he's evil. Well yeah, they, they shot him because he's barking a lot and it's annoying them. Yeah. Uh, Bruce but, Banner yeah, they, heard they them shooting... coming, so he snuck out through the window. Into yeah. the pretty girl's room, and they kiss. Yeah, what's with this moment? <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe there were more deleted scenes where she was more of a character. 
Like, like minutes ago, he is staring wistfully at a photo of Betty Ross. Uh, a photo just... that appears to be printed from a Wikipedia article? <laughs> uh, but yeah, he smooches her and then runs away. Right, like, this woman's role in this movie is to be saved from harassment by Bruce Banner... <laughs> And then have Bruce Banner kiss her while he breaks into her apartment. Yeah, she is. It's it's such an odd note in this movie. Um, poor but, dog. His ears are twitching yeah. as he lies there trying. Yeah, it's not good. Um, I hate but, Blonsky. Yeah, he's a bad man. Um, oh, that's right. There's yeah, that's right. There's a whole thing where they have one of those like uh, coloscopy cameras, and the dog starts chewing on it, and that's that's yeah. part of why they that's shoot cute. the dog. Yeah. Oh, there's a treat for you. Uh, but there's uh, a whole like sort of chase scene through the the streets. Uh, Bruce Banner ends up running into the uh, roughnecks from the factory. Uh, I, my favorite part of the chase scene is where Bruce Banner runs through some clotheslines. Yeah. And a guy runs after him, but he doesn't see that there's a gap between buildings that Banner jumped over. So he just oh, falls. Right. Yeah. He's just dead, right? Yeah, I think he just fell to death. Right, he's I mean, not cool fault. enough to he's get the... To the super soldier. Right, I think um, this is a, a a well done chase scene. Yeah, I like it. It's it's good. It's it's good action. I think Louis Letterer did a good job. There's a good shot where the camera pans all the way out, and you can just see the small figure of Bruce Banner running through the rooftops. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he eventually sort of leads them to the soda bottling plant. Yes, and. He's been he's being chased by both the roughnecks and uh, the paramilitary dudes. I guess not paramilitary, just military. Yeah, they are military men. Um, and he starts to lose control, and you, like this whole time during the chasing, you can hear the heart rate mom- monitor start to beep faster and faster. Yeah, he's desperately trying to use breathing techniques to calm himself down, but right. it does hit the magic number of two hundred. Yeah, and he and... turns into the Incredible Hulk. The Incronkable Hank. Now, you don't actually see the Hulk very well in this scene. It's shot like a monster movie. Yeah. Where he's in the yeah. dark and he's just, like, throwing stuff around. He throws a guy about a million feet and definitely kills him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he deals with the Roughnecks very quickly and then kind of starts fighting the uh, the military folks. He throws a huge piece of machinery. At Bl- or he throws a forklift at Bronski. That's right. Yeah, he also throws a, a water tank. Right before he throws the water tank, he does actually say the line, leave me alone. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, um, he just kind of runs away after that, right? Yeah. Bronski isn't yeah. able to catch him. So, okay. Mm-hmm. This is, I think, a big problem with this movie. Right. I think that... To make the Incredible Hulk work, you have to really sell that Bruce Banner is a good man who, by no fault of his own, ends up doing bad things. And I don't think they spend enough time focusing on the destruction that the Hulk causes in this movie and, like, really zeroing in on, like, the actual human cost of him being the Hulk, you know? I mean, I guess so, but... like every time like, he turns into the Hulk, he is he's being actively provoked. Right, he's being actively provoked, and that but like you never you never get the scene of him detransformed. Like it, it's always him detransformed and like being exhausted and panicked and confused. Okay, it's never him being detransformed and like sullen and sort of horrified at himself at how he's hurt people. They they don't do the Age of Ultron scene. 
Sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I feel like you have to have that, at least one moment like that, to really sell the, like, the emotions that you need to feel for an Incredible Hulk story. I guess this fits with how Bruce Banner treats the Hulk as as if it is just a disease. He tries to, I guess, dissociate himself as much as possible from the Hulk. He does not even consider... Like, he considers them different people. The Hulk is right, right. the this, other guy. This movie starts the habit of him referring to the Hulk as a, a different person. Right. Um, but, yeah, they don't ever... Uh, I've lost my train of thought. But, yeah, no, they, they just don't... It, it's a... The Hulk is a problem that happens to Bruce Banner. Yes. It's not a problem that happens because of Bruce Banner. You know? Yeah. And I, I, I think that's a fault in this movie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but he ends up uh, mostly naked. His pants are all stretched out. He's holding them up with one hand. He He's in the jungle tr- of Guatemala. Yeah, he finds a truck passing by, tries to speak broken Portuguese to him, but which the guy is like Spanish. I, I like the shot of him standing up and the counter says, Days since incident one. Yeah, yeah. And how did the Hulk get to Guatemala? I guess he's just been the Hulk for a while. He's well, he it's jumped only been very a day. far. He can jump very far, Crystal. Okay, but why is he going to Guatemala? Is he, like, trying to instinctively return home? Uh, that might be it, or it might just be he started running and just kept going in that direction. Okay. I don't know, yeah. Um, but yeah, he is, he kind of decides at this point to try and go home to get the data that he needs to cure himself. Yeah. Uh, and I'm... So there's a scene between Blonsky... And General Ross. And General Ross right, is much yes. taller than Blonsky is. Mm-hmm. Which makes the scene a little weird. Uh, yeah. Um, but he explains that back in World War II... Well, no, no, no. Tried... This, is, this is before that still. Okay. okay this is a scene yeah. where Blonsky says, Hey, maybe you should have told me about the Hulk, so I went in prepared. Oh, right, yes. And General Ross says, No, shut up. I'm... <laughs> My nickname is Thunderbolt, buddy. You don't tell me I what mean, to do. I mean, Blonsky's right. No, he's absolutely right. This is right. a very need-to-know t- thing. Yeah, then he needs to know. Yeah, but Blonsky says, like, even though you're a bad commanding officer, I, I am fascinated by the Hulk and the yeah. the sheer power of it, so I'm going to stick along in this mission. Right, and... Ross kind of says, like, yeah, what are you, 45? And Blonsky corrects him to 39. And uh, they have this conversation about getting older and how Blonsky wishes he could have the body he had, you know, 10, 15 years ago with all of the uh, lessons he's learned in that time. And I like this scene with Ross where he just kind of, like, stares at him and goes, I think I can arrange something like that. It's a good scene. Yeah. I I think uh, this actor does a good Thunderbolt Ross. Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. There's a really good um, scene in Infinity War where they're talking mm-hmm. to Thunderbolt Ross, and they're like, hey, we're literally being invaded by aliens right now. We should probably just not care about the Accords at this juncture. Mm-hmm. But Thunderbolt Ross is very insistent that they should arrest Captain America. I see. It's a good scene. I gotcha. Um, who do you think would win in a grump-off? General Thunderbolt Ross or J. Jonah Jameson? It's gotta be Thunderbolt Ross. You think so? Who do you think would win in a mustache off? Uh, JJJ. Yeah? Okay. How do you okay. feel about General Glenn Talbot? Uh, I don't know Hulk well enough to have a strong opinion on him. You should watch Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hmm. Well, we'll see, I guess. Okay. <laughs> we'll see what happens after 16 more episodes of this. So, Bruce Banner has made it to Mexico. He is 
the the lonely man theme from the TV show is is playing. Yeah, he's kind of yeah. walking through the streets. There's a shot of him sitting begging for money in a market. Oh right, yes. Yeah, and yeah, Chow gives he's... him some money so he can buy some stretchy pants. Heck yeah, buy some sweatpants in a, a market. Um, and we eventually end up with him back in America at the university that Betty and I guess he used to work at. Yeah, Culver University. Yes. And here, General Ross tells Emil Blonsky about an extremely secret super soldier problem that nobody knows about. Right. From back in World War II, they tried to make super soldiers. It's, you know, teasing out what's going to happen in a couple movies. Um, Captain America is not a secret. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know, listen, writing's hard. And writing writing to like keep all these fucking movies consistent is really hard. Yeah. Well, no, uh, the scr- a super I'm sure the serum. script for Captain America was not finished by the time they were writing this movie. Right. And they're trying to make super soldiers with a combination of the serum and gamma rays, which are re- yeah, replacements for the Yeah, he was, he was trying rays. to right, relaunch the project. And he told Bruce Banner, yeah, like you said, that it was he was developing defense against radiation poisoning, but really they wanted it to to recreate the Captain America super soldier shit. Uh, he goes into like a storage shed. He goes down to like a public storage, uh, and he just has like a tank full of super serum juice. Wait, is this supposed to be a public storage shed? No, I'm just joking because that's what it looks like. I'm okay. just, I don't know. Listen, sometimes I say things and they don't make any sense and I just try to paper over them and keep moving. Okay. Yeah, he's got the super soldier juice and Blonsky seems seems very interested in it. Yeah, he's It's he's like he has some kind it. of craving for power. Oh, dang. Maybe this will come into play later. Hmm, possibly. Uh, But Bruce Banner is just kind of spying on Betty at the university. Uh-huh, he's and... doing a stalking. He's doing a stalking, and he sees her smooch and then hold hands with a dude, and he is completely devastated in a way that he has no right to be. Well, <laughs> like, you know. Uh-huh, go on. <laughs> I mean, look, okay. Yeah? You're right that he doesn't actually have a right to be devastated. Uh-huh. But, you know, sometimes you feel emotions that you you know you don't have a right to feel. Like, you know well, what? okay, that's yeah, not sure. even a good phrasing, like... No, I understand. Like, yeah, he would he, not confront Betty about this, I don't think. No, that, that doesn't that is mean he doesn't fair. have bad feelings about it. I, I think that is entirely fair. I think, I don't know, it's weird to spend so much time on his forlorn face as she walks away with another dude and not, not, I don't know, I don't want a scene of someone telling him that he's bad for feeling that way. That would suck. That would just be boring. But, I don't know, it's, it's a weird moment to never, like, return to it, especially how Betty acts in, like... 15 minutes yeah so there are in a little bit we're gonna get to betty's house yeah there are like a ton of deleted scenes set in betty's oh, house really? okay like 20 minutes of the movie oh geez where right. it is like a bunch of conversations between betty and bruce and oh betty the kind of things i would want to see in this and movie Doc samson and bruce and yeah, like okay. all of them yeah. together and that I, all makes I, like, sense. I understand why you wouldn't want all of those scenes in the middle of the movie because that might be bad sure. for pacing but they needed to keep some of that they needed some of them because we'll get to it but yeah boy oh boy uh bruce goes to stanley's pizza which, so, oh, interesting uh, note it's been yeah. 17 days since bruce was in mexico mm-hmm. at this point the movie pretty much proceeds in real-ish time 
Yeah, more or less. And from this point in the movie, it is set in the same week as Iron Man 2 and Thor 1. Okay, okay. This is known as Fury's Big Week. Yeah, I guess that would be a name for it. <laughs> uh, oh, is Culver University a fake university? No, Culver University is a real thing. Okay, I searched for it, and the first uh, four results were Marvel. No, five results were six results are all Marvel related. Uh, well, hold on, let me double check. Uh, Culver University. I, there is a Facebook page for Culver University. No, Culver University MCU. Yeah, I think it might just be a Marvel University. Why did I think it was real? I don't know. There's a Culver Stockton College, uh, and that's in Canton, Missouri. I was trying to look up how far he made it, because 16 days is making some good time. Uh, between Mexico and Virginia. If you, I mean, if you have a car. Yeah, no, it's doable. It's just, yeah, I was, yeah. But, um... I, huh, I guess this is a fake university. I guess so. <laughs> Shows what we know. But, yeah, he's shown up at Stanley's Pizza. Stanley where Lieber's there is, Pizza. Oh, Stanley Lieber's Pizza. That's Stanley's uh, where there real is, name. I see. Stanley is the nicest old man. Um, just a Just a real sweetheart who's happy to see Bruce. They don't really... I don't think they ever established what their relationship actually is, other than, you know, they used to know each other. Yeah, so uh, the guy who plays Stanley Lieber is also the guy who voiced Bruce Banner in the 60s Marvel cartoons. Oh, huh, okay. Yeah, it's a fun little cameo. Yeah, that's Again, cool. Again, there, there were also more scenes involving Stanley, but they cut them because this movie doesn't have time for talking. Um... Okay, you know what? When you said they cut a bunch of scenes with, like, Betty and her, her boyfriend and all that, I was like, oh, that's a shame. I don't know if I need all that many scenes with the pizza guy. <laughs> I, you know, this is, I think this might, if it's not the shortest, it's one of the shortest Marvel movies. It's yeah. under two hours. Yeah. I, I think they could spare, like, 10, 20 minutes on some scenes that include, in part, Stanley. <laughs> I, I I agree wholeheartedly this movie needed some more character building. I just, I don't know if I need to know what this old pizza man's deal is. I, I get like it. this old pizza man. I like him too, but I feel like they, they do a good job of drawing a portrait of a man very quickly, and, like, he serves the function he needs in this story and then bows out. Okay, uh, well, if there's a no. flashback with Bruce and Betty going to Stanley's Pizza Place for the first time. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, alright, I can, I can get behind Bruce that What if Bruce Banner idea. was an orphan and Stanley raised him as his own son? Oh, shit, oh dang, okay, you're selling me. <laughs> what, what, what if while he was staying at this uh, pizza man's uh, attic, he accidentally bled on a pizza and someone ate a gamma pepperoni and turned into... <laughs> okay. <laughs> what if that's how Betty became the Red She-Hulk in the MCU? That would be an interesting way to do the Red Shulk. Do you think they're ever going to do the Red She-Hulk? I don't think they're ever going to do the Red Shulk. Yeah. They m- I, they might do Shulk. I can see them doing Shulk. I want them to. You think they'll do Rulk? Uh, that seems like... If they're going to do another movie that's just, like, a Hulk movie, that seems like the obvious... Because, like, as not a huge comics guy, Red Hulk is the main Hulk villain I'm aware of. Uh, but anyway... <laughs> Uh, yeah, this pizza man says that Bruce Banner can stay in his, uh, like, the upstairs room for as long as he needs to. Yeah, he is com- completely 100% trusting of Bruce Banner. Yeah, yeah. And he he is aiding a fugitive of the law. That's true. A treasonous um, war criminal. And is this the same night, or is this, like, a, a little later that, that Betty and, uh, I cannot remember her boyfriend's name. You've said it multiple times. Doc Samson. Doc Samson. No, because the next scene is set during the day, and it's uh, 
uh, Bruce Banner delivering a pizza to the computer lab, and the guard is right, Lucerno, right, who played the Incredible yeah. Hulk in the TV show. Jeez, yeah, there was a lot of references in this movie. I'm not I sure like if that. Bill yeah, Bixby's ever in this movie. I don't think so. Let me look it up. Okay, uh, but while you're looking that up, Bruce has like concocted this whole lie about how he has to deliver these pizzas to the fifth floor, which no one works at anymore. And uh, the guy's like, no, you, you can't go up there. There's there's no one there. And he's like, buddy, oh, man, I'm going to be in trouble if I don't deliver these. What? Can't you let me? I got a, I got an extra pizza here for no reason. You can have it. Uh, Bill Bixby is not in this movie on account of he died in 1993. Oh, well, dang. I always That's like funny. pizza scams. Yeah? <laughs> Luke, we were talking earlier about how it seems really easy to be a con artist. Yeah, because we were – I was specifically talking about – you see, it's a very popular meme these days to have all these, like, fancy New York restaurants that sell, like, gold-dusted pizza for $20,000 a slice. And it's, like, gold dust and gold leaf and all that is actually very cheap, and it does not cost that much at all. Yeah, it, you could do it. And it just seems like, okay, well, why is why do I have a job? Why don't I just buy some gold leaf and open a restaurant uh, for dumb rich people? Even, like, just buy some gold flakes and make a neighborhood lemonade stand, but sell it for ten bucks. Oh, dang, yeah. Just, you know what? Why even actually buy gold flakes? Just get some gold glitter. No one's gonna, no one can tell. Well, it, it does need to be edible. I guess that's true. But, I mean, there's, like, edible cake glitter and stuff. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. So like Bruce Banner bribes the guard with the pizza. Yes. Would you would you take this bribe? Mm. Um. No, because uh, I don't want to get fired. Yeah. Like the the this doesn't seem like you know a student computer lab. This seems like yeah a super secret place. Yeah. It, it's like I have a job that involves letting people into secure areas. And no, it, it would take a lot more than a pizza to convince me to risk my livelihood. So there's another scene where uh, Bruce Banner also bribed the technician working this night at the computer lab. Yeah. Who the novelization identifies as Amadeus Cho. Okay. But fuck that. It's not Amadeus it, Cho. It, it, who is Amadeus Cho? Uh, he's he's a dude who's is like one of the smartest people in the world and becomes the Hulk sidekick. Oh, okay. Then becomes Hercules a sidekick. Sure. He's I a gotcha. smart guy who hangs about strong guys. Okay. All right. He's got a niche. Sure. Uh, that's yeah, that's that's really just man, this this guy's smart and he's in this movie. Let's who can we name him after? Oh, I got it. But actually this is the same actor who played the teacher in Spider Man Homecoming. Oh, there you go. So okay, I, think I like I am that just better. Gonna say that it's it's that guy. This is Yeah, yeah, yeah. His senior year and he's gonna become a teacher after this. That's a way better interpretation. Yeah, I feel good about that. You know, the alien yeah. is a bit of a stretch, but this could totally be that guy. I it, There's no reason it couldn't be. Um, So he tries to get the data off the school computer, but it's all been wiped. Yeah. And this whole pizza scam was for naught. Not even traces left. Yeah. And without it, Mr. Blue says, I can't help you. Oh, dang. I do like that he can just log on to his encrypted messaging thing from this random computer. Wait, is that what he does? Doesn't he? Uh, while he's on this computer, he just kind of like clicks another thing. Yeah, and there's opens a shortcut the... to EncryptNet. <laughs> there is a desktop shortcut to the same encrypted messaging system he's been using on his laptop. I, lo I love movie computers. <laughs> <laughs> movie computers are the best. 
<laughs> so Bruce Banner goes back to his upstairs in the pizza shop. Yeah. But then Betty and Doc Sampson come in for some pizza, even though the place is closed and they're being very yeah. rude. You know what? Steve is a real nice guy and everyone takes advantage of him, it seems like. Right? Like, you know what, you, I, Betty. You know what? I'm on your side now. L- let's just cut the Hulk out of this movie. I want the story about this nice, sweet pizza man who is trying to keep a business running, even though all of his customers keep trying to exploit him. Betty, my oven has been off for like an hour. I have to start the whole thing up again just to make a pizza for you. Betty, I Fuck have off. grandchildren I want to go see. <laughs> uh... But, yeah, they they come in, and they start just sort of small-talking, and Bruce walks out into the the restaurant. Yeah, because he doesn't know that Betty and Samson are there. Right, and just immediately turns around. It's a a good shot. Is Doc Samson Brock Samson's dad? Uh, No, they're not in the same continuity. Isn't Brock Samson the Venom man? No. Who's Brock Samson? Brock Samson's from the Venture Brothers. You're thinking of any Brock. Eddie Brock, wow, okay. Just <laughs> Eddie doing some... Brock, Doc Eddie Brock Samson. Oh, I need to stop trying to make jokes about comic book references when I don't fucking know anything about comic books. So, I mean, Betty sees Bruce's face. Uh, yeah. and she starts freaking out because Bruce has been gone for five years and she probably thought he was dead or something. Probably. And she she goes out into the outdoors and Bruce is hiding behind a dumpster. Yeah. And then she goes back uh, to confront Stanley and is like, tell me he's alive, Stanley. Yeah, tell me I saw what I thought I saw. And then we get, um, I think, probably the most explicit reference to the 70s TV show, which is a scene of Bruce Banner walking down the street in the rain while the sad piano music plays and he's trying to hitchhike. The lonely man. Yeah. Uh, Betty followed him and they hug in the rain. Yes. I think this is actually a, a nice scene. Yeah, I think so. It's just that it, it needs to be paired with actually showing their relationship instead of just assuming we're going to buy into it because they're the male yeah. lead and the female lead. Absolutely. And also maybe a follow-up about, hey, what the hell? Like, I think having a tearful reunion when you see someone that you thought was dead or whatever, that that's fine. But after the emotions calm down, you're going to have some questions. That right. She, she just kind of immediately goes along with him without asking too much. Also, she just ditches her boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. Oh, man. Doc Sa- I just want a story about Doc Samson and Stanley. Right? <laughs> just these two nice people that are in a world of jerks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, one of the deleted scenes with Doc Samson is him just, like, completely violating uh, doctor-patient confidentiality. Uh-huh. Talking about how his patients all suck. Oh, like, okay, with, cool. With, de- with details and names. Wow. Okay. Yeah, but well, okay. So like, in that in that version, he sucks. But in the movie as presented, he's just a normal, nice man who's like, "No, I understand. You love him, and I guess that means I'm I'm gone. All right, bye." Yeah, you really should watch the deleted scenes. There is more buildup to Betty's decision to leave with Bruce. Like Doc Samson okay. has a conversation with him about how like he always knew that Betty that Betty's heart was really there for Bruce. And sure. even though he's ashamed of it, he always kind of hoped that Bruce would never return. Right, sure. Yeah, that sounds like stuff this movie could have used. Yeah, so... Uh, also, I I have not watched a movie with Liv Tyler in a long time. Maybe that's, she's always like this. Her voice is real breathy in this. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's her voice or if this is an affectation for the character. She's just very breathy. I, 
all the time. I do kind of like it, I guess. It's it's a setup yeah. for a joke later where she just screams at someone. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Bruce tells Betty that, like, her father... Well, no, they don't say that he's her father yet. Right, but he the says general. the general. He wants to use this data to make weapons. He wants to dissect right, because the Hulk she has so a, can make She has more. a USB drive with all the Hulk data on it hidden in a little, like, jewelry box. Yeah, she's been keeping it the whole time. Yeah. I For reasons? I don't know. Don't worry about it. So uh, they have this conversation about the general's motives, which he told right. to Banner while uh, Betty was in the hospital from getting beat up by the Hulk. Which seems like a weird thing to tell him in that moment. Right. Seems like, when they show that scene in the credits montage... I assumed it was, like, a fight where, like, it was like, don't go near my daughter ever again. You know, that kind of thing. But I guess it was just, hey, we need to get, we need to weapon you. We need to weapon you. Yeah. We need to do a Weapon X. Yeah. In the Ultimate Marvel Comics universe, uh, basically all superpowers are derived from attempts to recreate the Super Soldier Serum, including mutants. Oh, weird. Yeah. Huh. I would... I mean, I ain't no comic book writer. I would almost go the opposite direction, though, and have, like, the X-Gene be a mutation that they were trying to replicate with the Super Soldier Serum. Yeah, I can see something seems, like that. That sort of seems to make more sense to me, but I guess it's really arbitrary, ultimately. Yeah, so there's a, a quick scene of General Ross getting some Super Soldier Serum out of a freezer. Yeah. And then it cuts back to Bruce and, uh, I keep forgetting her name, Betty. Betty, yeah. Having a conversation about how he needs to leave in the morning... And he could use some cash, too. Yeah. It's it's just a moment of, like, oh, man, my ex-boyfriend showed up. very... <laughs> like, there's a lot of emotion to it, I guess. Like, l- l- listen, Betty, oh, I missed you so much. Anyway, I gotta get out of here, and I need some cash. All right, bye. And then there's this, <laughs> this weirdly long scene of both of them in bed in separate shots staring at the ceiling. Yeah. And Bruce is just kind of, like pensive i guess and betty's just crying and breaking down right <laughs> like uh, it, it almost it feels to me like it is building up to a moment where they both like get out of bed to see each other and you have like a big romantic moment or something but right. no they just it just moves on no it's meant to show how betty's an emotional woman and uh bruce right bruce is a more logical fellow yeah hmm He's rational for way too long. (laughs) It's so long and it goes nowhere. (laughs) So, Blonsky walks into the room to get injected. Yeah. Uh, uh, The general explains the risks. A doctor says, this is going to hurt a lot. You know, you can still say no and it's going to be fine. Right. But But he he uh, wants it. He wants the power. Yeah. Uh, And they tell him he's going to need two injections. One into like his muscle tissue and one into his bone marrow. And then they give him two injections in his neck and one in his back, so just already lying to him. That's not cool. What What, what do you mean? Well, well, they told him he needed two injections, and they give him three shots. Yeah, the muscle and... Oh, okay, I see. <laughs> just say he needs three injections. Okay, I see what you mean. I mean, yeah. the first one's kind of counts as one. I guess. There's a good uh, scene of Tim Roth staring at the camera with a very pained expression on his face as he, he gets injected. He's really upset by what's happening. <laughs> well, it does hurt. <laughs> right, yeah. They He's, like, strapped into a thing, and he's just, like, struggling against it. So Betty's walking Bruce to the bus stop where he's going to leave. Uh, yes. But the the cops are here. Oh, well, no. 
Good. Great Foley work. Uh, this show's dumb. Uh, but, eh, man. Yeah, here's so the... Part, the... Here's dead air that you'll edit out later. <laughs> so yeah, the soldiers are chasing Bruce all through the university, chasing yes. through the library and the stairwell. He eventually gets mm-hmm. a moment to breathe where he eats the USB stick. Right, yeah, he just kind of, yeah, he, he puts it in his mouth, and then we cut back to him, like, just kind of like, oh, oh, oh. Uh, yeah, having swallowed it. Uh, Betty uh, stands in front of an APC, and she's like, Dad, don't do this. And then yeah, Jenna Ross that, says, that, I have to, Betty. I gotta. Um, eventually, they get Bruce sort of pinned in a, like, walkway that's, like, all glass on all sides. Yeah. And, uh, they shoot they... some gas canisters in there. Yeah, and uh, he starts to Hulk out. Yeah, it's weird how that didn't work. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, he bursts out of here and immediately just starts tearing apart all the tanks Yeah, this and is the first well-lit shot of the Hulk. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of him? How do you like him? Well, this is a fine-looking Hulk. I don't think it looks as good as the Avengers one. Yeah, he's very, like, um, desaturated. You know, he's, he's also like a, very veiny. He's very veiny, yeah, and he's just like he's just a greenish gray as opposed to like a bright green. And I don't, right. I don't remember how it is in the later movies in this, but yeah, his proportions also seem a, like his shoulders are very wide, and it makes mm-hmm. his head look kind of small. Whereas in later sure. movies, I feel like his head is bigger. That might be the case, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he starts. He, Chris Lee starts smashing Hulk smash. Hulk smash! The soldiers shoot him, but there's no effect, because he's the strongest there is. He's the strongest boy. Yeah, he is killing men. Some students start recording it on their cell phones. Yeah. Uh, and eventually, Blonsky yes. gets in there. And, like, he he's very clearly, at this point, enhanced. He's running way faster than the other soldiers. And he actually right, puts yeah, up yeah. a good fight against the Hulk. He's not doing damage to him, but he is dodging all of his, all of his uh, blows and leading yeah, him to a yeah. position. Yeah, he's, he's, he's doing okay. Um, and then they blast him with some, like, sound wave guns that sort of paralyze the Hulk. And Betty says, stop it, you're gonna kill him. Which, it seems like they're explicitly non-lethal weapons, but, you know, whatever. I mean, they wouldn't be. Yeah, uh, I guess. This would blow up your brain. Yeah, yeah, I guess it was loud enough. Well, it doesn't Um, kill the Hulk, because he is the strongest there is. Right. He eventually gets a car door, and he cuts the tank in half. Yes. Um, and then is this the point where Blonsky just casually walks up to him? Yeah. He just starts walking up mo- to him and shooting him with a gun. And they just kind of stand in the field facing each other. And he says, is that it? Is that all you got? In a movie with a lot of questionable character choices, this might be the strangest one. I mean, it's such a good scene, though. Blonsky just stares at him like, is that all you got? And the Hulk just punts him into a tree. Yeah, his... He's he's broken. Like, his neck is not in the right direction. Right, yeah. He's not in a good way. The the shot of his body rattling across the ground into the tree is very good. Yeah. Uh, Hulk throws a huge piece. Or first, he, like, shields Betty from an attack helicopter. Yeah. Which is the first suggestion that maybe, just maybe, Bruce is still in there. Right, Betty, like, walks up to him and tries to calm him down. And it yeah. seems to be working for a second there. Right. Before the helicopter makes him mad again. It's almost like love, Luke. 
It's more yeah, it's almost like me. if if there's a really angry man, what he really needs is a woman to just uh, do all the emotional labor for him. Uh, but the, the helicopter crashes, and he sort of shields her from the explosion of it and uh, runs away with her. And General Ross says no, because he thinks his daughter's dead. Yeah. It very suddenly starts raining? Yeah. <laughs> it went from clear day to pouring rain in, like, one shot train. Like, I, one cut. I, the clouds do get darker throughout this fight scene. I guess. It just seems very abrupt. What's well, the most it dramatic will... <laughs> position for it to happen? Yeah. Yeah, the uh, shot of the helicopter exploding as the Hulk shields Betty is actually very well done. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, so the Hulk, Hulk kind of stares yeah. at Ross like, you almost killed her, but I saved her. Yeah. And then he runs away with Betty. Right. Uh, and then it cuts to, I don't know if this is Betty's house or, or Doc Samson's house. I, I think and, they live together. Oh, they might, they might. Uh, where they're taking some boxes away. He, he called General Ross. I'm not totally clear about what, but they have a little conversation about how uh, Samson doesn't really know where they're going. But what he does know is that she loves him and if he needs her help, she'll help him. Yeah, again, this is something that they... In the deleted scenes, they build up to a lot more that yeah. Doc Samson doesn't really trust Bruce because he is a treasonous war criminal. That See, that's not the vibe I get at all from the finished movie because it just seems like he's just like, oh yeah, those two crazy kids love each other. So there's nothing you and your army and your tank guns can do about it, Well, no, he, he says something like, you know, I called you because I thought he was dangerous, but you almost killed Betty. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's... <sighs> yeah, Doc Samson only... Doesn't have many lines in this movie. This whole chunk of the movie is just odd. Yeah, this is about where it started falling apart for me. Yeah, kinda, kinda. Um, but the Hulk takes Betty to a cave on a cliffside. Yeah. Uh, where he just sort of... It's very like King Kong, or, or like, you know, Peter Jackson's King Kong. Definitely. Uh, she wakes up and sort of freaks out and, and smacks at him, which makes him sort of recoil back and bang his head, and he starts starts getting mad. There's a point where some lightning strikes and the thunder scares Hulk, so he just throws right. a rock at it. <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> I hope, I, have you seen Thor Ragnarok? I haven't, no. It's the best Hulk movie. You okay, yeah, I've, I've, I've heard people say that. We'll get to it in several months. Uh-huh. Uh, and you know, I was wrong. He does not start getting mad when he bangs his head. He holds his head and puts his hand on his hip like, Nah, jeez, oh, the, the abuse <laughs> I put up with around here. Yeah. And then the lightning strikes and he gets mad at the lightning. Yeah, Thor, he, Hulk doesn't like lightning. That's why he has a rivalry with Thor. Oh, I see. I see. Uh, but Betty kind of, you know, manages to calm the Hulk down. And uh, it just cuts to mourning with them, right? Yeah, and the Hulk has transformed back into Bruce Banner. Yeah. Uh, but meanwhile, we cut to the military hospital where uh, Blonsky is recovering. They tell him that, they tell the general that every bone in his body is basically powder. Uh, but then all of a sudden his fingers start to move. Yeah, Captain America doesn't heal this well. No, I mean, he maybe doesn't. he might. I guess he's never gotten this beat up. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, and Blonsky you know, only uh, got a small dose of it. Maybe that super serum just ages like a fine wine. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it does start to do weird shit later on. It, yeah, well, it's not It's not the same serum. You know, Abraham Erkstein developed yeah. the best version of it, and the others were just right. poor replicas. Okay, okay. But <laughs> there is another interpretation. Okay. Which is actually that the serum is, in fact, working exactly as intended. 
Sure. Because if you remember Erkstein's speech about how it amplifies everything that is inside, the good Right, that's and what I was going to say. Yeah, the uh, the idea that like it makes Captain America just a perfect hot man because he's such a pure good boy inside. And it burns Blonsky off the Red Skull's is... face so you know that he's evil. Right, right, right. And it turns Whereas... Blonsky into a monster because he craves power. Well, it doesn't it doesn't turn Blonsky into a monster all on its own. You know, he's he, it just gives him some spinal trouble. Yeah, there's a scene where he looks into the mirror and there's like stuff growing out of his spine. Yeah, you see his like spine starting to burst out of his back, but he's not, you know, he he needs some <laughs> needs a little extra juice before he gets full on monster. It, it gets to a scene where Betty's walking out of uh like a, a hotel registration lobby yeah. and Bruce is just sleeping next to a soda vending machine. Yes. It's a good shot. He's yeah, very like, tuckered out after being the Hulk. Yeah, and this kind of gets to what we were saying before. They really play up how traumatic and hard it is for the Hulk on Bruce Banner. Yeah. And that's that's the extent of why the Hulk is bad, because it really just... It tuckers him out, and it makes him imagine that showerheads are machine guns. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, he's, he's taking a shower, and he sort of has a little PTSD moment and just collapses in the tub. It's... I like any time the Marvel movies get a little more, like, I guess, raw. Like, Spider-Man Homecoming is a really good bit where Peter just breaks down crying while he's crushed under a pile of rubble. And, like, I, I like when they're willing to have, like, their characters break a little. Yeah. Um, but uh, he comes out of the tub. He's puked out the USB. Oh, right, yes. Betty has bought him some big, stretchy purple pants. He doesn't like him because they're too ridiculous. Right. And he turns right to the camera and says, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the kind of scene they would put in the FX commercials for this movie. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, I guess this this is probably the point in the movie where there's the most levity. Yeah. But most of these jokes are not good. <laughs> they're not very good. Th- this is where... what they do to build the relationship between Bruce and Betty. Yeah, there's a bit where Bruce and Betty are, like, getting into bed together, and they're, you know, just sort of uh, making out and entwined in each other's bodies, and the heart rate monitor keeps beeping faster and faster, and Bruce has to kind of stop, because if he has sex, he'll hulk out. Yeah, that's one of the bad parts about making it a magic number on the heart rate machine. Yeah, well, especially because it's, it's really just for the purpose of a dumb joke. Uh, there's a scene... There's a weird scene where they're watching the kids that recorded the video of the battle yeah. uh, being interviewed by the news. Yeah. And you think they'd be, like, like terrified or traumatized or something. No, they they're all like, really dude, it was rad. Yeah, exactly. It's like some <laughs> kind of big green Hulk. It was yeah. awesome. I am surprised they don't go as far to be like, it was some big green Hulk. It was incredible. Yes, they don't. They don't. Drop the name of this movie. Yeah. Uh, but we, we get some more kind of intimate moments with, with Bruce and Betty, um, which I think we talked about already. Uh, right. Yeah, they spent... Blonsky is totally healed. The editing but, on this scene is also weird, because there's a point where Bruce just kind of collapses on Betty, and, and they hold that shot for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, but Blonsky is fully healed against all odds, and he's he's ready and raring to go for round three. Yeah. And I think this is where we see the, the shit growing out of his back a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's this other soldier who is just... 
she gets like a handful of lines in this movie and she's always just sort of off to the side and is just quietly horrified by whatever the hell's going on between Ross and Blonsky. There's a good scene where <laughs> Ross is just sitting by himself in a dark room and smoking and the one light in the room is perfectly illuminating the smoke. Mm-hmm. It's very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Blonsky is completely healed after only a day. So now yes. they're going to... Do they do some more stuff to him? I don't think so, no. I don't think so, no. No, no, he's he's just keeps... You know, it'll... There'll be more later. But it cuts to this weird scene with Bruce and Betty where he's like, all right, we can't have any of this stuff. Can't have cell phones. No, it's all trackable. And she's like, well, what about my, like, chapstick? He's like, well, no, you can, you, you can have that, and I guess you can have this, and... Actually, you can have most of this. It's fine, but not the cell phone. <laughs> they cut out all the serious conversation scenes, and they left in the bad joke scenes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, the, yeah, there's a weird subplot about her selling her mother's necklace, her dead mother's necklace. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. Which isn't brought up again. Not really. I think there's some other reference to it later on, but yeah, it's... They, they don't... There's a lot of, like you said, assumed empathy in this movie. Right. We're just like, oh, you know, they're both hot and they're on the poster, so you you like them, right? Yeah. Uh, they they recovered Bru- the General Ross has recovered Bruce's laptop mm-hmm. from the battle scene. Right. And he's gone through it and sees he's been talking to some mysterious Mister Blue. Yeah. So he's gonna set a search in the Shield database for Mister Blue, and if he ever makes contact again, we'll find him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man. Uh, there's a point where he goes into a computer at like. A, a mechanic shop. Yeah. And there's uh-huh. also the encrypted thing on there. Well, except he's just sending an email. Oh, yeah. He to... just sends it to his his actual email address to and S-Stern calls him Mr. Blue 62. in it. <laughs> right. And then we get this amazing shot of his data going through the, the internetosphere. Yes. And, like, this blue... <laughs> This blue computer CGI shit flying around as it gets absorbed by this Techno Shield logo made up out of all the emails on Earth. You know what would be a fun job? Huh. Is like writing all the background text for scenes like this and for like fake oh, yeah. newspapers and stuff. That would be fun. A lot of times it is just lorem ipsum, but a lot yeah. of times they do just like write out whole articles. Yeah. I would love to do I- that. I thought you said the, a fun job would be designing movie computer interfaces, which I think would also be pretty great. That'll also be a fun job, because th- talk, let's talk about the way they find him. Yeah. Uh, there's just a... So, the only thing actually suspicious about this email is that both the words Mr. Blue and Mr. Green are in it. And yes. then the lady who is General Ross's sidekick, her computer is just glowing, match found in red. Yes. And it takes her to this email. She's like, we got him. Yeah. They they have a they a FISA file on Doctor Samuel Stearns. Uh, they buy some cheap rundown pickup truck to get to where uh, Doctor Stearns is. But he takes like a digital camera picture of Bruce, uh, which I guess yeah, it comes up later. I guess. I guess. Uh, but yeah. So as they're driving to New York from, I guess they're still in Virginia, probably. Yeah. Uh, they have a little conversation in the car about what it's like to be the Hulk. Right. And he talks about how he just gets, like, he has, like, just sort of vague memories. There's some, like, a psych experiment they did that he's like, it's like that, but more. Yeah, it's like those induced hallucinations they did while they were studying at Harvard. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And this is something that I think the the Ang Lee movie gets right that this movie doesn't really touch on. Uh, there's a scene like this in in Hulk where he says like the thing that scares me the most is that when I'm the Hulk, I really really like it. Yeah. And there's there's no sense of that out of Ed Norton. He's just it's a bad thing, and there's and it's a bad thing that happens to him. Yeah, Betty suggests that you know when they were in the cave, it felt like the Hulk knew me. So maybe you're still in there somewhere. And he right. very vehemently denies that, but she keeps she keeps kind of pressing the issue. Right, he hates the idea that the Hulk represents him in any way, which I think would be an interesting point for his character if they actually explored it. Right, that's something they could have done more in this movie. They they do kind of right. do this. They do kind of pick up this plot line in the Avengers, I guess. Eh, yeah, but you know, I I don't I don't cop to that. You know, it's it's this movie. I want it to be good in this movie. Yeah, Betty suggests that maybe you know it's just his mind, but it's too overcharged and they can't process what's happening. But right. if you you if you learn to focus while you're in it, maybe you can learn to control it. I don't yeah. want to control it. I want to get rid of it. Yeah. Do you think? I, I guess not because Age of Ultron happens, but. At what point in the MCU do you think the Hulk will gain the ability he has in some comics where Bruce Banner subconsciously is doing all of the hyper-complex physics calculations he needs to do to make sure that any time the Hulk smashes something, it never actually hurts anybody? Oh my god. <laughs> did you not know that about the Hulk? I did not, know. <laughs> yeah. The That's idea the dumbest is that thing he, in the universe. He is, he is quietly doing physics simulations constantly in his head so that he can smash a building without anybody actually getting hurt by it and that's how they it's explain okay, how like the hulk kill people right like that's the drama of the hulk yeah <laughs> so there there is a quick scene here where they are giving because they only gave blonsky a low dose before because it was the yeah. first time and they're worried about side effects right now they're giving right. him the big dose and that's what causes the spines yes so they have to abandon their car because there's a checkpoint because they're looking for bruce Right, and they yeah, take yeah, a yeah. boat to the university, mm-hmm. but they also have to take the subway. Except they don't want to because oh, the right, most aggressive they... city on earth, and I'll be in a small metal tube. Right, right. Which you know, fair in the sense that if you Hulk out, a subway train's a bad place to be. So then they take a taxi, but the taxi driver's a very aggressive driver, and he swerves in and out of traffic, and he's yelling at people. So Betty yells at him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Good. And then he says, and Bruce says, you know, I know some techniques to help manage that anger. And Betty oh, says, right, yeah, it. yeah. Which that's that's all that's all right. I guess I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> Again, it's it's a joke that would be in the FX commercials. Yeah, yeah. So we finally meet the best character in this movie, Doctor Samuel Stearns. Hmm. Yeah, I think you might be right. Just like by default. I mean, this is, this is a good good acting performance. Yeah, no, he's he's fine. Um, but uh, he is just kind of amazed to see Bruce Banner. He's he kind of intimates like I can't believe you're just this wimpy looking normal guy. Yeah, he uh, kind of didn't even believe the Hulk was real, but now it's right in front of him. Yeah. Uh, and they they kind of go back and forth explaining this about how if they give him too much of the cure he's come up with, then it'll kill him. Uh, and if they don't give him enough, it'll, like, because they need him to Hulk out while they administer the cure. Yes. it has to affect the Hulkified cells. Right. Um, yeah. Why don't they just do it on his blood? I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, like they did earlier. You're right. 
and then they also explain that even if it works, they don't necessarily know if it will uh, be a permanent cure or if it'll just cure that flare-up. Right. And he has a little moment where he, like, mimes flipping a coin and looking at it, like, having no idea which way it'll come up, which I guess... I think Samuel Stern, a.k.a. the leader, has, like, probability powers in the comics. Uh, I think maybe? I saw that on a Wikipedia thing. I don't know I don't know that much about the leader. Yeah, I... Let's see. The leader. Uh, I think this is actually based more on his brother, who was a smart professor. Okay. Because I, I think yeah, the leader was, like, a construction worker of average intelligence. Oh, here we go. Yeah, uh, abilities. Genius level, genetic engineer and mastermind, superhuman intelligence, and probability evaluation. And psionic powers. So, yeah, I, I that's probably a little wink and a nod. I don't know. Uh... But they are are gonna go through with you know they they gotta try and cure him, um, and I, I'm trying to remember if it's doing like more cuts back to the military. It is that's true. Yeah, but I really like the scene of him slowly transforming as he's trying to hold it back, like his yeah. shoulder bones are popping out in ways they're not supposed to, and his body gets all veiny and green, and like his muscles and bones continue to contort in weird directions as he turns into the Hulk. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I, I agree. And, uh, yeah, they they inject him, and it seems to work. It, it gets him to calm down. Uh, but maybe there's that's a thing just Betty's where... influence. Well, right, because Betty does climb on top of him, and, yeah. Uh, I'm skimming along this movie. Yeah, so he explains that, wow, that was amazing. It was incredible. But we still don't know if that's actually a permanent cure or not, you know, because I try on test subjects, and all of them died. Right, and then he's like, "What? Uh, mm, 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 hold on now." And uh, Stearns leads them to a huge room full of blood bags where he has synthesized uh, a bunch well, of Hulk on, blood. Let's go back because uh, I want to okay. read out uh, the techno babble that explains how the Hulk works. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. Hit me. Okay, the gamma pulse came from the amygdala. Okay, I think Doctor Ross's primer. Let's the cells absorb right. the energy temporarily, and then it abates. That's why you didn't die of radiation sickness years ago. Right. So the radiation is only happening when he's the Hulk. And also, even on a techno-babble level, the Hulk happens because Betty is helping him modulate his emotions. Right. She. They reference some sort of other serum, which I guess yeah. Betty made. Right, yeah. Like Her contribution to it is why he hulked out instead of dying. A myostatin primer. Yeah. But yeah, he is he's made like gallons and gallons of Hulk blood. Yeah. And he, uh even though he didn't have a big sample, so he concentrated it and made more. Yeah. Which I don't know, I guess maybe sure, why not? <laughs> I don't know. I can't tell you why that's not possible, so sure. Uh he says meanwhile that, the army know, is if we yeah. keep studying this, we can make humans impervious to the disease. But Bruce wants to destroy it, because if it gets out, they're gonna use it to make weapons. Well right, he is like hammering on the idea that the government wants to steal this and use it to make weapons. And uh, Sam is just like, ah, I think you're being a little paranoid. And that's when snipers start like firing. I hate the government window. as much as anybody. Oh, right. <laughs> yes. You know, uh, this guy seems like, did you ever watch Breaking Bad? Uh huh. This guy seems like he is just the brother of that one nerdy scientist that they murder in season three. I guess so. I never actually watched Breaking Bad. I lied. Oh, okay, I don't know why you said you did then. I mean, Blonsky breaks... Well, no, Bruce gets shot. Yeah. And he does not hulk out, which suggests that, you know, maybe it did cure him. 
Yeah, possibly. And then Blonsky uh, rushes in and like holds his face and tries to bait out the Hulk because he wants he wants a challenge. Yeah, but he doesn't yeah. Hulk out. He does not Hulk out. Um, so, so Ross kinda... takes uh, Bruce into custody, and the only reason he hasn't taken Betty into custody is because he's her father. Right. Uh, so they Betty does get to tell Ross off, I guess. Yeah, a bit. That he's only a fugitive because uh, you made him a fugitive. Right. Uh, but they they put Bruce and Betty on a heli- some kind of yeah helicopter or whatever uh, to haul him off. And meanwhile, Blonsky stays behind with Stearns, and he wants the Hulk blood. Yeah. And uh, Stearns is a moment of like, well, you already got a little something in you, don't you? And Blonsky does have some like dialogue here where he comes off. Kind of like a drug addict, which I sort of like. Yeah, he's, he's just he's like addicted, addicted to the power. Yeah, yeah. I think they they play this scene well. Um, and Stearns, you know, gives a little cutesy villain name drop. Where he goes, "If I give you the Hulk blood while you already got something, I don't know. It could turn into an abomination." And then he gets choked <laughs> until he says yes. Well, no, he didn't say he was unwilling. He just needs informed consent. Right. And he also has a line about like, "What did I do to deserve this aggression?" Right, yeah. <laughs> this is all, like, libertarian rhetoric. Yeah, he's definitely a libertarian. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so he infuses Blonsky with the Hulk blood, um, which causes him to abomination out, I guess? Yeah, he becomes the abomination, and uh, he sort of hits hits Stearns to the ground. Right. And there's a wound he, on his head, and some Hulk blood sm- drops into it. <laughs> yes, and his head starts pulsing and growing, and uh, I guess it's turning him into the leader, and they are never going to come back to this. Yeah. I mean, he's so in I guess, custody, you know. He starts, like, just, smiling as his brain starts mutating and growing. Yeah. I guess just canonically, the leader is just out there. I don't know. No one bothered to follow up with him. Well, if you read the tie-in comics. Oh, okay. Uh, Natasha Romanoff comes in and shoots him. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that solves that problem. Yeah, so Betty and Bruce are on the helicopter... And they're, they're, they're taking it well, I guess. Yeah, all things considered. Like, you know, maybe this won't be so bad. Right. But it is going to be bad, because on the ground, it's chaos. The abomination right. is destroying everything. Yeah. Because he just, uh, he's, he's drunk on this power. He's killing yes. people just for fun. Yeah, because that is one thing. The abomination seems much more uh, conscious than the Hulk is. Yes. He doesn't seem to have any, like, shift in intelligence or anything. No, he, he is Blonsky. He is yeah. the bad made worse, as Erkstein said. Yes. Uh, and after the military tries unsuccessfully to stop him, you know, they, they get some radio chatter about how the Hulk's over here, and Ross just looks over at Banner's like, no, he's not. Michael K. Williams has a cameo here because Edward Norton liked him on The Wire. Great. Um, but eventually, Bruce Banner says that the only way they can possibly stop the Abomination is to sick the Incredible Hulk on him. The only and, thing that uh, can stop this is something incredible. <laughs> is that what he says? That's what the trailer said. Okay. Uh, uh, but he explains, like, he's he doesn't think he can control it, but maybe he can aim it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and kind of just direct the fury at the right thing. Yeah, and Benny's like, uh, you know, if you jump out of this helicopter, you don't even, you don't even know if you will change, because you might be cured. Right. And he's like, yeah, but, I don't know, YOLO, he jumps hero. out of the helicopter. I'm a superhero. And uh, about halfway down, he is not changed. He's like, ah, farts. 
Thor uh, Ragnarok has a good riff on this scene. Yeah. But yeah, he, he slams into the pavement and he does kind of cr- crawl out of his Bugs Bunny hole from the ground uh, as the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. And uh, him and the Abomination start, start duking it out. They do an epic run at each other. They do. They do. At one point, uh, Hulk breaks a cop car in half and uses the halves of the car as boxing gloves. Oh, yes. That's a classic Hulk move. Oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> I can't tell if you're fucking with me or not. <laughs> that is a classic Hulk thing. Okay. It's in the it's in the, particularly featured in the Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction for the original Xbox. Okay, I never played that, but I know it's some to be people good. might say is the greatest game ever made. I, I know a lot of people like that game. Yeah. But uh yeah, they it a smashy kinda, fight in Harlem. Big smashy fight. It's kinda got the same problem as the uh the Ironmonger fight. It just kinda goes on a little too long and eh, whatever. It's fine. Yeah, I'm, it's I'm, fine. I'm kind I don't of think it's even the best point. action scene in the movie. No. Which is a running theme in these movies so far, is that the best action scene is not the climax. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you know, the Hulk eventually yells Hulk smash. Yeah, he, no, uh, well, he... Hold on. Let me... Let's yeah, get the okay. full context of the scene, because it's a good line. All right, all right. Sure. It's like, Betty... At some point, the abomin... Because the helicopter's shooting at the abomination. At some right. point, he jumps onto a roof and then jumps on it. And, like, it hits a sign and starts crashing, and Betty falls off of the helicopter onto the ground, and it seems like the Abomination is threatening her. Right. But Hulk love Betty. He even yeah, says Hulk Betty. love Betty. Yeah. Yeah. So then uh, the Hulk is slammed to the ground by the Abomination. And does the Abomination have a line here? I think he says something like, oh, what are you going to do about it? And then Yeah, you don't goes, deserve this power. Right, yeah, there's that die. moment. Any last yeah. words? Right, that's what it is. And then he has Hulk smash. Yeah, and he stomps the ground, and it makes a big fissure that the Abomination trips on. Yeah. And uh, then at, at some point, like, Hulk gets a chain around his neck and starts choking him out. And yeah, there's has a point to where the into... helicopter set on fire, and the Hulk claps really hard, and the wind from oh, the right, clap yeah. puts out the fire. Right, right. Uh, yeah, but he has to stop him from strangling the Abomination to death. Yeah, because Betty doesn't want him to do a murder. Yeah, which, you know, yeah, I guess I guess not. I guess probably don't do a murder. I mean... If you're gonna do a murder, it seems like this is a... This is, you know... If anyone... If it's okay to murder anybody, it's probably okay to murder this guy. Yeah, I think it's okay to murder Emil Blonsky, the abomination. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's, that's kind of where this action scene ends, right? Yeah, the abomination is down for the count, and the Hulk just screams into the air and runs off. Yes. Uh, and then we get kind of the denouement of the film. Is that uh, how you pronounce where, that? Uh, I, I think I put a little extra stink on it, but, you know, yeah, denouement, yeah. There's a good scene of the Hulk running on the rooftops. He is running very fast. I see how he got to Guatemala. Yeah, he's a speedy boy. Um, but, yeah, there he's in the forest of somewhere else, and I think he's in, like, I forget where, but he's, he's somewhere in, like, either South America I think he's, he's or... in Canada. Is it Canada? Okay. Well, it's somewhere. One of the Canadian provinces. The big ones. It's it's somewhere. No, it's... Uh, it's Oh, it's British Columbia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's a scene where Betty's at the Statue of Liberty, and she looks at the photo of Bruce that she took. Right. Uh, and, uh... Yeah. Uh, Bruce is sending some kind of package to one David B? This is David oh, is Banner? I guess. Yeah. But I guess it is Betty using an alias? Because it's the oh. necklace? Yeah, it again. This seems was there a deleted scene about the necklace because it seems like we're missing something. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. 
maybe it, his dad sent him the necklace because he bought it back from the pawn shop. And no, because he's sending it back to her. Yeah, it's a confusing scene. I don't understand it at all. Uh, but he has a scene where he like is meditating, like at the start of the movie, and we get like days since the incident, and it's however many days. But then all of a sudden, it starts ticking down, and he opens his eyes, and they're green because he's accepted the Hulk now, Crystal. Days without incident, zero. I'm not entirely clear on why he's still running. It seemed like him and Ross reached some kind of understanding in the fight. Uh, I mean, in the sense that he's going to let him go today because he saved his daughter. Yeah, but, you know, okay. You know, that's, that's a trope. I guess so. That's a thing people do in movies. No, you're right. I would have liked it if someone said something along those lines. Uh, but yeah, so now he is willing to become the Hulk, and there won't be any more uh, drama or complications about him becoming the Hulk anymore, right? Yeah, good. Um, that's a good end to that movie. Yeah, that, that's that's a good ending scene. Um, oh, well, it's not the ending scene, because it well, cuts sure, to black I mean, as Bruce's yeah. eyes turn green and he smiles. Yes. And it fades back in mm-hmm. to Ross drinking some green liquor in a bar? Yeah. Is there's just a lighting? lot of green in this movie. No, I think it's just there's a lot of green goops in this movie. It's, yeah, good green goops. And, and uh, he, he instead of saying in. like, well, no, we need to talk, take a second to talk about how okay. he takes the shot and goes, reload. He, oh, yes. Like, <laughs> and he's chomping on what? a big old cigar. What an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, Tony Stark walks in and we get oh, such a such a great line where the general turns around and goes you're always wearing such wonderful suits touche yeah what he says i I hate to say i told you so general but that super soldier program was put on ice for a reason i've always felt hardware was more reliable yeah because he doesn't like captain america right yeah uh but he leans in close and whispers and says like what if i told you we're building a team and he's like who's we and I think that's just where it leaves it off, right? Yeah. What if I told you we were putting a team together is is a good post-credits line, even though this yeah. isn't actually a post-credits scene. Right, yeah. I don't know why they didn't make this one post-credits. I guess they well, I guess they didn't want people to wait to see Tony Stark, who was in the commercials. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this the Iron Man post-credits scene and this scene is a good one-two punch for 2008. I think so, yeah. Even yeah. though this isn't actually how the Avengers were formed... And they had to retcon this scene in the uh, bonus short film on the Thor DVD, The Consultant. <laughs> Great. How do they retcon it? Well, it was uh, Agent Phil Coulson and Agent Jasper Sitwell talking in a diner uh-huh. about how General Ross wants Emil Blonsky to be on the Avengers. Oh, I see. So they need to send someone to talk to him, someone who he hates so much that if he advocates for Blonsky, then he'll forget about the whole idea. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. Man. Okay. But um, that's the Incredible Hulk, Crystal. Yeah. How do you feel about it? Um, neutral. It's not offensively bad, but it's it's lacking anything to really latch onto. There's no like I complained last time that Tony Stark has like only half of that movie is his character arc. There's not much of a character arc at all for the Hulk, other than he makes, like, one meaningful choice at the very end, and the rest of it is just him kind of... It, it, it's a lot of wheel spinning. Right. I guess if you were to describe the arc of this movie, it is Banner learning to accept the Hulk and to 
to actually use the Hulk instead of just trying to cure him. Yeah, and I feel like they don't do enough with it. Like, they don't dramatize that well enough. Yeah. And they don't, like, dig into the character psychology well enough to make that an interesting place to go. It's only purely, like, a physical thing. Yes. It's just, hey, actually, I need to beat up a bad guy, so I should be the Hulk. And also, they did Betty Ross dirty. They did her real dirty. She's yeah, just I... here to comfort the angry man. Yeah, yeah. It's It's... Not a god-awful movie, but it's not especially good. What would you give it on a school grade score? I think I'd probably go right down the middle and say a C. Uh, yeah, yeah I think I'd say a C, maybe a C+. Plus. No, maybe yeah, a see, C. I'll go with a C. Yeah, because there are parts of this movie I would say, like, oh, that's a C+, plus, and then parts of it where I'd say, oh, that's a C-. minus. So I, I think it averages out to a C. So uh, I guess... We both agree that it is a worse film than Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that is definitely the case. Okay, so we're not going to have a formal debate quite yet. No, no. Th- this podcast is eventually going to become very contentious, but so far, we're more or less in agreement. Well, the next one is Iron Man 2, which a lot of people don't like, but I do. Yeah, I'm one of them. That, that movie stinks. I don't know, I haven't seen it in a long time. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll think more highly of it this time. Luke, where can people send us questions? Uh, oh, God, you tell me. I don't fucking know. Uh, you can send uh, questions into the email, which is mcucompleteme at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. That's mcucompleteme at gmail.com. Great. Send us some emails. And then sometimes you'll also just ask for questions on Twitter on yeah. your account at Arcane Crystal. Yeah, send me questions there. Yeah. Uh, do we have any questions? Yeah, let me let me link you to. We have thirteen responses to my Twitter post. Oh, great, great, great. Uh, hold on, I have to sneeze. Okay. That was a long sneeze. Okay, first question comes in from Vivian. Okay. What are the odds they ever bring up a abomination or b the teaser of the brain guy? Uh, they're one hundred percent never gonna bring the leader back. Uh, well, the thing is, they 100% have referenced both of these characters on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and okay, yeah, the Tying you know Comics. Yes. Uh, so, you've explained to me that the movies do not give a shit about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? I have never said that to you. Oh, okay. Is that, that has been true? said to you by others. Okay. And they are wrong. Okay, I was under the impression that the movies, like, A, because they don't want the scripts to leak, do not let the writers of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. know what's going on in the movies. Uh, they and definitely B... told him for Captain America, too. Okay. And, and B kind of... Okay. And and B, they are willing... Like, they're not gonna... Oh, well, actually, if we wrote this scene, it would contradict Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so we can't do that. Like, I feel like they don't... I think they don't do that, right? There are people employed at Marvel Studios whose job is to, like, check that stuff. But stuff okay. slips through the cracks. Yeah, sure, stuff slips through the cracks, and I, I am assuming that... In a situation where there is a contradiction, they if they really want to do a movie a certain way, they're just going to do it. Or Well, the other thing is that the movie division and the TV division are actually under separate leadership. Okay. Yeah, so there there is, like, some degree of corporate rivalry there. I see. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, could, I, I guess I could see the leader coming up in, in the TV show or something. We, yeah, I don't know. It's... The I leader think this is movie was... about a S.H.I.E.L.D.-tier villain, I think. Yeah, that seems about right. I think those two villains might have cropped up again if this movie was more popular. Yeah, they definitely... Like, this movie was intended to be part one of a trilogy. 
Oh, geez, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, it... Just no one cared about this movie, so, like, no one's gonna fucking remember the tease of the leader from ten years ago, you know? Yeah, and Ruffalo kind of takes a pretty different tack in his portrayal of Bruce Banner from Edward Norton. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be, like, weird if they did a sequel to this movie with Ruffalo. I think they just have to start with a new original story. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right about that. Do you want to read uh, the next one? Uh, yeah, let me let me pick a question here. Uh, let's see. Uh, from at Personal Corpse, did Banner canonically get thicker from the recast from Norton to Ruffalo? What do you think? Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. I don't know if there's much conversation to be had there, but I agree. Do you do you think it's like a full on? Did he get plastic surgery to try and avoid the government to look more like Mark Ruffalo? No, he was always Mark Ruffalo. Okay, you're, you're going with that. All right, sure. Yeah, because in the Thor Ragnarok prelude tie-in comic, which recaps the events of The Incredible Hulk... I hate this so much. Before he got transported to the planet Sakaar through a wormhole, uh-huh. he is drawn like Mark Ruffalo. Well, I guess that solves that, then. Yeah, he, he did he did put on a couple LBs. Yeah. All right. Uh, what, what else we got, Crystal? Okay. Uh, next one comes in from Rob. Do you think if this movie hadn't lost Norton and Ant-Man had come up around this time, it would have changed the course of the MCU? Uh, oh, so you're saying that, like, if if you got the Edgar Wright Ant-Man from before, they didn't want to, like, let someone with that, like, distinct of a voice do something? Yeah, because Ant-Man had been in development for a very long time, but Edgar Wright kept making other movies. He kept making other movies, yeah, and at some point, I, I the way I understood it always was that, like, Marvel movies have a very set style, and Edgar Wright has a very set style, and it was like, well, like, no, buddy. You and that you wouldn't can't... have been as much of an issue if it had actually come out in, like, 2009. Right, yeah, I don't think they would have had the the clout to, like, I don't think they would have enough confidence in their way of doing things to push back against him as hard as they did. Yeah, having Norton, Hulk, and the Avengers, and also Ant-Man there would have made for a different movie. Yeah, because that was also... My understanding, and maybe this is wrong, but my understanding of why Edward Norton got recast was that he has some kind of clause in his contracts where if you cast him, he gets to, like, take a pass at rewriting the script, right? Yeah, there was something like that. There's also, like, he didn't gel well with the other cast members. Mm -hmm. And also, like, he didn't really like the idea of playing this one character for, like, ten movies. Sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there, there were a, a bunch of different reasons why he ended up leaving. Yeah. But, like, to the rewriting thing, like, part of me is like, well, okay, that's a writer that would, you know, maybe have their more of their voice, but this is the movie he helped write, and I don't think it's very good, so, you know. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of the weakness of this movie is actually more in the editing. Yeah. Well... It- this is something, I don't remember if we talked about this at the start, I feel like the one of the big problems this movie has is that it has to do two jo- like three jobs at once. Right. It has to help set the tone of what a Marvel movie is. It has to uh, be a reaction to and like a rejection of Ang Lee's Hulk. And it has to evoke and be like an adaptation of the TV show. And between those three things, it doesn't have much room to establish its own identity. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's, it's entirely a movie that is defined by the things it's reacting to. Definitely. Like I said before, pretty much all of the contemporary discourse around this movie was in comparison to the other Hulk film. 
it yeah. never got to stand on its own, really. Right. And it, but, it didn't, like, it didn't present so unique of a vision that it even could. Yeah, definitely. Um, out of curiosity, what letter grade would you give Ang Lee's Hulk? Uh, it's been a while since I've seen it. We'll do a yeah, bonus sure. episode on it. I think we definitely will. I, I definitely think that movie's better than this one, even if it's not amazing. Tentatively, I want to say, like, a B+. Plus. I, I might say a solid B, and a lot of that is just, like, A for effort, and then, like, C- minus for what you actually did. Uh, Rob has a couple more parts, two more parts to his question. Okay. A lot of the set of the Marvel Cinematic Universe formula, but do you think of alternate timelines? Tell me your uh, AUs. Hmm. Okay. Uh, do, do you have any AUs? You're, you're more submerged in Marvel cinematic things than I am. Oh, I think, yeah, I have a lot of AUs about how they could have rewritten Infinity War. Yeah, I think everybody has those right now. Yeah, they could have made it good. Yeah. But, like, what about, like, if all the Avengers went to high school together? Oh, yeah, there's there's good comics about that. Yeah, but then, like, Spider-Man's in middle school, and he wants all the high school kids to like him. Yeah, he's, like, he's, yeah, he's, like, an eighth grader who's maybe taking some advanced high school classes. Right. And all the and Avengers it... are the senior kids. Yes. <laughs> Do you have any AUs, Luke? Ah, uh, not not really. I don't spend a lot of time thinking about Marvel stuff. Well, you are now. <laughs> yeah, sure I am, aren't I? Why don't you hear our next question? Uh, all right, let's see here. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's just go with another one from Rob. Has any MCU action scene made you as nervous as the Hulk versus Blonsky scene always makes me? I'm not... Oh, I guess just the the initial fight when he's all super soldiered up? I'm, no, I, I think the answer is no for me. Do you have one that, like, really, like, makes you feel tense? I'm trying to think of one. I feel like that's kind of a big part of my problem with these movies, is that they feel devoid of tension a lot of times. I think the Thor versus Loki fight at the end of Thor 1 is pretty tense. I, the only part of that I remember is when he puts the hammer on Loki's chest. Uh, I, I didn't really feel, like, nervous watching the Hulk versus Blonsky scene, because the worst thing that would happen is that Blonsky would get punched to death. Right, and that's but that's okay with me. Him. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't I got nothing. Oh, there's the uh the Age of Ultron scene where Hulk is terrorizing the city. Oh, sure. Yeah, a lot that's... of that's like, oh jeez, this um Yeah, that's I guess that's uh, yeah, what sure. I'd say. Okay, sure. Uh but yeah, yeah, I, I don't think I have one. Maybe maybe I'll discover it as we go. Maybe Doctor Strange will really just Make me super anxious. Mike asks, would you rather have Norton stay Hulk or have had Ruffalo be there from the start? Uh, I like Ruffalo's Hulk. And yeah, I like I, Ruffalo's if, Hulk more. I have a hard time. I, I like where they go with the Hulk writing-wise in later movies, and it's hard for me to divorce that from the performance. But I just based on I, I enjoy the Hulk in the Avengers movies more than I enjoy him here. So, yeah, just just get Ruffalo into the past. Just, uh, just, just borrow the time gem from Thanos. He's, you know, he's done with it now, right? He did his thing. He can yeah, he did do the thing that he you wanted know, he, to do. Yeah. Do, okay, let me ask you this. If he, if Thanos killed half of everybody with the, the Infinity Gauntlet, which, which Hulk actors do you think died and which ones survived? I think Eric Bana died. Okay. I think Bill Bixby was resurrected. Okay, sure. So we're still at a net of zero. Luferegno Lou, lived. Okay. Uh, Ed Norton died. Okay. Mark Ruffalo died. Okay. And the guy who played him in the 16th cartoon lived. Okay. Great. I'm glad that Stanley made it out okay. Yeah. 
right. What, what, what are some other questions we got here? It's your turn. Is it my turn? Oh, okay. Uh, let's see. Try to see if there's one that we haven't kind of covered already. Let's let's go with this one from Kane because it's long. How do you feel about the irony that Uatu, being a member of an advanced race that through naivety almost entirely annihilated a less developed race by introducing nuclear technology to them, fell victim to a dud bottle of nuke juice himself? I do not know enough about Uatu the Watcher to really have an opinion about now, this. Now, this is referring to the idea that all of Stan Lee's appearances are of one person. Oh, this who is, is it's a Watcher. Suge- <laughs> the idea that Stan Lee is Uatu the Watcher himself. Yes. I kind of like that. And he did canonically die to a dud ball of nuke juice, but he got better. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's fine. <laughs> I do like the idea that Uatu the Watcher, living secretly among humanity, would just get killed by poison soda. That That's pretty good, yeah. That's my AU. Yeah. When do you think Stanley is going to interfere and, and fix things? Never. He's not allowed to. Yeah, but that's the entire point of Uatu the Watcher. He shows up to say he's not allowed to, and then something happens that he's like, ah, okay. Okay, probably when the Molecule Man shows up then. Well, what's the Molecule Man's deal? Uh, he he was created by the Beyonders to blow up the multiverse. Oh boy, I'm already sad I asked this question. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, do we have another question that we want to answer? Christoph Souza asks, I watched it two weeks ago, what happened in it? Yeah, you know... I just finished rewatching it while we talked about it, and I don't know. He runs, he runs around a lot and hulks out a few times. Eh. Well, he's running from the military while seeking a cure for his affliction, but I sometimes mean, yeah. he does turn into the Incredible Hulk and wreaks havoc. Mm-hmm. But he ends up learning to accept that the Hulk is inside him, and the Hulk can also be a force for good, especially sure. against those who would use this gamma super soldier technology for evil such as emil blonsky the abomination i mean yes that that is the plot of the incredible hulk 2008 greg asks is he really that incredible or incredibly overrated he's not that incredible in this one no i i think he's he's fairly credible yeah i i i credit him i'd, I'd give him a loan chum Percival asks how's luke holding up is he all right uh yeah, so far so good. You don't I, you regret know, doing this podcast yet? No, not yet. Because so far it's just a platform for me to dump on movies that I mildly dislike. No, I mean you've been you've given a positive score to both of the movies so far. I gave a, a neutral passing score grade. To, oh, sure, a passing grade. Would, but I mean, if, if a student turned this into you yeah. for their film capstone class, sure, you would pass them. I would pass them, but I'd be like, yeah, I hope you. I hope your next one's better. <laughs> Like this, this would be pretty a pretty amazing student film, I think. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you had a student film budget, it'd be pretty impressive if you pulled off this movie. Pretty incredible, one might say. Yeah, but yeah, that is definitely the feeling I had coming out of both of these movies when I first saw them. Was like, I was okay, but I hope the next one's better. And like, I've agreed with you on both of these films so far. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think where it's gonna start being. Uh, draining is when you're trying to convince me that Age of Ultron isn't a piece of shit. Oh, yeah, it's actually the best one of these. Oh, it's so bad, Crystal. We'll get to it. It's so good, though, is the thing. I hate it so much. Well, the thing is that I love it a lot. Well, that's what you have to look forward to on MCU Complete Me. M asks, why is it a tenth of the film of Ang Lee's Hulk? 
Because that movie didn't make any money, so they had to do the opposite of it. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh-huh. I think we kind of covered that one. Frankie asks, would you bring back the Abomination? And if yes, how? Thunderbolts movie. Okay, sure. Yeah, I think that'd be a good thing to do. Chase that Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't I don't care about the Abomination that much. Like, you don't in... like him, Yoblonsky? <laughs> like, No. You don't have, have any great ideas for stories about Emil Blonsky? I really don't, as a matter of fact. What if you like if he fought Thanos? Okay, okay. How would that how would that go? He punches him hard. Okay, and then does Thanos punch him back? Yeah. Okay, but sure. <laughs> Why not? I think we've covered everything that we need to cover here. No, we we, we have to read every question. Luke. Oh, we're reading every... Si- but a lot of these are duplicates. AJ asks, when does Betty fuck Doc Samson? Not in this movie. Yeah, yeah they are not married. Uh, I suspect maybe never, given how quickly she ditches him. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they had too fulfilling of a relationship. Doesn't seem like she gives much of a shit about him. Mm, no, not really. <laughs> she- <laughs> Yeah, we talked about it, but it's just incredible. It's like, oh man, she's with a new guy. This is drama. Oh no, he's gone. Never mind. Yeah, she she really just leaves very quickly. Just first sight of Bruce, and she's out. Doesn't even have a conversation with him about it. No. Again, I just want the movie about Doc Samson and Stanley Lieber. <laughs> yes. Uh, final question from Trippy Jing. Okay. Do you like it as much as I do? Um, I guess that depends on how much you like it, but... There's some people who really like this one. Hmm. Okay, well... But I would say the general consensus is about where we put it, which is... eh, Just, you know, it's competent. Yeah. I I like the beginning. This has been true of both of the movies so far. I like the beginning a lot. I like him being a paranoid weirdo in a soda factory. Yeah, about the time Betty shows up is when the script starts. The editing, really... Starts yeah, kind of a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Luke, where can people find you online? You can find me online at SSJ Speed Racer on Twitter. Uh, you can find me on a bunch of other podcasts we do on Audio Entropy, like uh, Totally Reprise. Let me tell you about Homestuck. Uh, you and me both are on Let's Place. And uh, on Saturday nights at 9 p.m. Central, I GM a- an RPG campaign on our uh, YouTube streaming website, which I can never remember the URL for, so I just made a bit.ly link. You can check it out at bit.ly slash silverpines. What about you, Crystal? You can find me at Arcane Crystal. You can find me on the Book of Medora podcast on audioentropy.com, where we talk about Zelda lore. You can find me and Luke on the Let's Plays podcast on audioentropy.com, where we scientifically and objectively rank every video game according to quality. Yeah, that's what we do over there. And of course, you can always send us emails to mcucompletely at gmail.com. Yeah! That's mcucompletely at gmail.com. That is the email address, yes. Luke, you want to hear a joke about the Incredible Hulk? Um, okay. What has 142 teeth and holds back the Incredible Hulk? Uh, some kind of complicated bear trap contraption? My zipper! next time everybody (laughs) bye everybody bye